Good morning. Come on. Am I on? Am I on? Testing one, two. Here I am. All right. Good morning. All right. That's better. Can I get a couple of guys to help me? Guys, gals, children, kids, people, it doesn't matter. If you could pass these out, this would be great, or take one and pass it. Wonderful. I uh, took the liberty of um, making some notes for you today. I hope you have a pen. As always, uh, you'll need a pen to write some notes down, and I've got about a billion scripture to cover, literally, and uh, you want to take notes on that, and uh, so uh, I haven't used PowerPoint in 100 years, and and so this was my first effort on a new version. I thought it turned out pretty good, so uh, I've been out of the tech world for a long time, and so sometimes I get technical, 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 I can't even speak either. I get challenged technically. So uh, I'm glad you're here this morning. Um, you, uh, I know that, that you could be a hundred other places today doing a hundred different things. But for whatever reason, the Holy Spirit wants you here. And you're here for a reason. And you're here because God ordained it. And uh, I'm so thankful for that. It's just an, uh, an amazing thing. And so uh, this morning, uh, you're, you've got the charts and uh, in your hand. There's going to be charts on the screen. There's going to be scriptures on the screen. Um, and so we're just going to talk about something that's, um, that I've been wrestling with, that I've been thinking about, that actually this is a teaching that I did for our leadership uh, team, for our leadership group, for our discipleship training a few weeks ago. And this is something I've been mulling over for weeks and weeks and weeks, and, and uh, I'm so thankful that David has given me the opportunity to be able to, to share this with you because it, it, it's something that I need. And so, as I always say anytime I preach, that I need a cardboard cutout of myself out there with you because I want to preach to me. This is not for you. If you get something, great. I'm happy for you. I hope you get something from it. I hope the Spirit teaches you, but it's for me. This is what God's been teaching me. And so, uh, it's a... Uh, that's that, right? So my name is Eric. For those of you that uh, may not know me, I'm one of the pastors here at Sojourn. And uh, I'm just, uh, it is uh, just an incredibly humble uh, honor and privilege to be able to uh, be before you this morning. Let's, let's pray and ask the Spirit to be here some more. Holy Spirit, thank you for indwelling us. Thank you for being in this place. Thank you for the worship and music and the prayer time. Father, I'm so stoked to see people pray. Thank you for people praying in groups, talking, and, 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 just, and, and, and just fellowshipping around prayer, fellowshipping around you, Father. And uh, just so thankful for what you're stirring up in the city, what you're stirring up among sojourn. Father, I'm really uh, just stoked about what you're stirring up in my heart. And, uh, Father, I know you're, you're going you're gonna to blow us away. You're going to do amazing things. And, Father, we just want to hold on. And we just want to hold on uh, in your hurricane and just hold on for dear life. And uh, because you're just, you're going to, the wind of the Spirit's going to blow through and is blowing through. And it's going to make some incredible things happen. And uh, we're looking forward to it. Be here today, Father. I, I'm your tool. I'm your instrument, Father. You use me. Say what you want to say through me. Uh, Father, put me aside. If there's things that I've prepared, Lord, that you don't want me to speak, Father, help me to forget it and help it to vanish uh, from my mind and vanish from my notes. And, uh, Father, we'll just give you glory for whatever happens. Pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 
All right, so today, this morning, I want to talk about the mind, our thinking, our brain power, and things like that. And so I've titled this, this is just a working title called The Battle for the Mind, and I want to talk about five, you've got five slides there, and I want to talk about five different aspects of the mind that we find in the scriptures. Um, and it's interesting, you're, uh, the New Age teachers, if you pay attention to any of the New Age stuff, any of the things that go on in, the, in those New Age kind of circles, you've got guys like... Wayne Dyer or Deepak Chopra or any of those guys, and, and, and they're teaching this kind of stuff, but the problem is, is God was teaching this 3,000 years before they were ever born. This is Bible stuff. This is stuff that uh, is in the Bible, and, and we want to focus that. We believe in the Bible. If you don't have a Bible, there's some on the back table. Uh, be glad to certainly go and get one. But uh, so, so some of the, the passages that I want us to reflect on this morning is 1 Corinthians 1 Corinthians 15.34. Now, this is coming from the RSV uh, version. Um, It says it a little different in the ESV or any other translation, and that's fine. Uh, But the RSV says this. Come to your right mind. See, I guess the ESV says, wake up from your drunken stupor. That's pretty good, too. But come to your right mind. Be sober-minded, some scriptures say. Wake up from your drunken stupor and sin no more. For some have no knowledge of God. And I say this to your shame. I mean, these are hard-hitting words at the end of 1 Corinthians where Paul has just, just obliterated this church with correction and reproof and is working on them. And he says, come to your right mind. Get sober-minded. Wake up. Um, uh, wake up and quit sinning. Stop sinning. Because there's people that don't know God. There's people that have no knowledge of God. They don't understand God. And I speak this to your shame. And so, as we begin, as a disciple of Christ, and that's who we're speaking to mainly today, as a disciple of Christ, there's a lot riding on us having a right mind. We have a right mind. Having a right mind allows us to fight uh, and to defeat sin. There are people in our spheres of influence who have no knowledge of God, like the Scripture says. They have no knowledge of God or they're misinformed about God. Now think about that for a minute in our southern Bible Belt Christianity context. Think about that. This applies. Sometimes we get so involved in churchianity and Christianity and and all the uh, things of the church, we forget that there are people who don't know God. They're people who have no knowledge of God, no concept of God, no understanding. And if they, some have knowledge of God, but they have a misunderstanding, it's completely jacked up. And so Paul here is reminding us, as well as he did the Corinthian church, that there are people who do not know God. And that it's up to us, it's for us to have a sober mind, to have a right mind, because uh, we need to kill sin. We need to have a right mind, kill sin, so that we can share the gospel with others. So that people can know about Jesus and hear about Jesus and love Jesus and walk with Jesus. Uh, interesting verse in Proverbs uh, 23, 7. And this is from the authorized version of the King James Bible. It says, as, a, as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. How many of you have heard that before? As a man thinks in his heart or as a man thinks, so is he. And uh, the ESV kind of translated kind of weird, so that's why I didn't use it. <laughs> so... Uh, as a man thinks, as a woman thinks, as we think in our minds, that's who we are. You've heard the, the saying, you are, what you, are, you are what you eat, right? 
It's the same idea. You, you, you are what you think. And so let's talk about this. How does the mind, how does this work? So the first chart that you have is called the natural mind or the fleshly mind. You can write that down. Uh, so the chart that we have right there, it's, you should have this. It's a chart uh, depicting the mind. And the idea is that the mind is influenced, the natural unsaved mind, the mind that doesn't know Jesus Christ, the mind that is not saved, does not have any influence from the Spirit of God. It is only influenced by three things, and that's the world, the flesh, and the devil. And as a result of that, it is the action or the, what comes out in the body, what, what manifests itself is just things that uh, please the world, the flesh, and the devil. This is, an uns- this is before you and I got saved. And maybe if you're one of our friends in here and you don't know Jesus Christ, you're welcome and we're glad that you're here. But this is the condition the Bible teaches us that we're in, that you're in, and that we were in if you don't know Jesus Christ. Our mind is completely, we have no influence. Um, the natural fleshly mind is the default human mind of the default of, of human nature. It has no influence from the Spirit of God uh, and has no different way to live. It knows nothing else. The things of this world, the flesh and the devil, are the natural mind's only influence. There's no battle. There's no issue. You're just moving along, doing your own thing. Let's look at some scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verses 14. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him or foolishness to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. For the word of the cross is folly or foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those of us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So think about that for a minute. The idea that, the, the natu- these, that, the, that the, there's no spiritual influence on the natural mind. That this mind does not please God, it's foolishness. How have you been around somebody or know somebody or maybe you've got friends that, that aren't believers and you talk to them about spiritual things or, or you've heard uh, unsaved uh, or unregenerate people talk about, you know, well, that's foolishness, man. Who would believe? A guy came from heaven, he lived a life, it's perfect, he died on a cross, he rose again from the dead, good grief. You know, that's, that's crazy talk, right? Is it? That's the idea of this regenerate mind, or this unregenerate mind, this mind that is natural, is fleshly. Before I came to Christ, those things were, those things were it, was, it was stupid. What? Who? No. There's nobody on the planet that would love me so much they would die for me and then rise again and take my sin. No, that's crazy. That's just the most ridiculous thing I'd ever heard. And then all of a sudden, the spirit begins to work, Right? So it's interesting here that the natural mind, the mind that's natural, that the mind that's fleshly, the mind that's unsaved, is a mind that is, uh, that is a mind of death. And you need to know this. It's a mind of death. Not simply physical death, but also eternal death. The Bible speaks clearly of two kinds of death that there, there are. There is a physical death, and then there is a spiritual death. Um, let's look at uh, James chapter 1, verses 13 to 15. James 1, 13 to 15. 
He says, let no man say when I, he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires. When then desires, when they have conceived, give birth to sin, and sin, when it is fully grown, bring death. It's Romans chapter 5, 12, 5 verse 12, therefore... Uh, as sin came upon the world through one man and death through sin and death spread upon all men for all have sinned, that death sin thing, uh, we're in a, in a sin condition in the natural mind, the wages of sin is death Romans chapter 6 and verse 23 and so that's a physical death, we're all going to die we're all going to have to deal with that if you haven't already dealt with some of that in your lifetime you're going to have to deal with that with uh, friends, neighbors, family members, loved ones, yourself. And that's just the way it is. That's the natural way of things. But there's a second death that's a spiritual way of things. Revelation chapter 20 and verse 6, Blessed and holy is the one who shares in the first resurrection over such the second death has no power. And they will be priests to God of, and of Christ and they will reign with him for a thousand years. Revelation 20, verse 14, and death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. So there you have the equation, second death, lake of fire, eternal punishment, wrath of God, all these things that, that we could talk about. Also, if you want to take notes, we won't look at it, but Revelation 21, 8 is also, let's look at it. Let's, let's put it on the screen, Revelation 21, 8. This is interesting. But as for the cowardly, and the faithless, and the detestable, as for murderers, and sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars have their portion. Uh, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. So this is the results. This is the end result of the natural mind. This is where the end, the end result of the physical, uh, is physical death and spiritual death. They're spiritually going to die, spiritually going to be into a lake of fire. It is the second death. I remember that song uh, we used to sing, uh, uh, Revelation 21, 8, Liars Go to Hell, Liars Go to Hell. Okay, some of you are laughing and know that. Uh, anyway, if you don't know that, we can sing a chorus of it later, right? Learn it. But... Uh, this is, and the reason I say this about the second death or the lake of fire, there's a lot of controversy, a lot of talk about it these days. A lot of books being written on the legitimacy of hell. Is hell real? Is, not, is it not real? All this kind of thing. And a lot of, lot of papers being wasted over the argument. The Bible says, <laughs> that's it. There, there it is. God has said this in his word. Uh, and so we need to uh, come to some spiritual understanding of that. And it's not, listen, if you are uh, not a believer in here and, and you find yourself in this situation and you're, you're like, man, lake of fire, I don't know what's going on with all this kind of stuff. This is not to guilt you. This is not to scare you. This is not to, to frighten you into making some kind of emotional decision or something like that. It serves as a wake-up call like our text to say, wake up, to wake up to come to your right mind, to come to some reality and realize that, wow, you may not know God. And you may need God. And you may need to know him and understand him and walk with him. For those, of us, for those that are not born again or born from above, and as, as John 3 says, uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's an eternal death. It's a death to the lake of fire. It's, it's, I was thinking about this the other day. 
And uh, it's actually an embrace of God's wrath. Think about that. That hell, eternal punishment, eternal damnation is an embrace. You're embracing all the wrath that God has. That's horrific. That should sober us up as Christians to say, man, my friends, family, neighbors, coworkers, wow, they, they might need Jesus because they're going to in forever embrace the wrath of God. So let's move on uh, to the next one. It's the spiritual mind. The spiritual mind. And so we see in this chart here, it's the, kind of the same, but now there's influences. It's born again. This person, on the, this, this person here, a make-believe person, has been born again. They now, not only do they have influences from the world, flesh, and the devil, but they have also have influences from the Spirit of God. This is, this is what's intense. This is where the war happens. This is the battlefield. Everybody, you've heard preachers and teachers and people talk, well, you're in a battle. Christians, you're in a battle. What are you in a battle for? You're in a battle for your mind. Who's going to control your mind? Who's going to control what you think? Are you going to let the world, the flesh, and the devil control through whatever medium? I'm not here to be on a soapbox and talk about, you know, TV and media and internet and all these things, which we could talk about, all the evil influences and all the good influences. It's, they're not bad amongst themselves, but there is a, there's an influence from the world. There's an influence from your flesh. You just still naturally want to do bad things and stuff. And, uh, and the devil, there's a real devil. And then the Holy Spirit now is inside of us, lives inside of us, has regenerated us, has given us uh, just a new, a new way of thinking. And now the things that were, the things that were foolish, right? There was foolish things. Now, they, at some point, they became plausible. I remember in college, you know, I'm sitting there in college, and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm thinking about, you know, all these bad things. I'm thinking all the world of flesh and the devil things that I'm doing. And I'm like, man, something, I just don't, it just don't taste right anymore. It's just not good anymore. It just doesn't, it doesn't fulfill me. It's empty. And then all of a sudden, the Spirit of God says, yeah, here's why. You need a renewed mind. You need a renewed heart. You need me to save you. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, wow. So it goes from being foolish to plausible to, oh, yeah, I believe that. Like the resurrection. The unsaved person, I don't, man, nobody rises from the dead. Well, maybe a person can rise from the dead. Yes, a person, <laughs> Jesus rose from the dead. That's how the, the steps, that's what it takes. And so the renewed mind, the spiritual mind, the spirit mind is a mind that's been regenerated by the Spirit of God. It's a mind that has the capacity to please and glorify God. It's a mind that has desires and affections for God and for the things of God. When a person, man, when I got saved, I wanted to talk about God. I wanted to read the Bible. I wanted to be in worship. I wanted to go to campus fellowship, and, 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 and I didn't know what I was doing. I'm just kind of spinning around, and all these people are singing and raising their hands. and do, I'm just like... I want to do what they're doing because that's, that's what I want. It seems right. I think it's right. It is right. And the guy's preaching, and I'm like, oh, let me talk about, whoa, what's going on here? The Bible and reading, and you start going to Bible. You know, a, for a college student to go to a Bible study two times a week at 6 a.m. on a fraternity hall, that was where I was at, a fraternity hall, living by myself in, my, in a, on my own room, and then just a guy's like, hey, you want to come to a Bible study? Yes, what time? 6 a.m. I'll be there. So a bunch of guys just sitting around and going through my daily bread of all things. But we were just like, we're all new believers, man. We were all just like reading these little things you get at the doctor's office or whatever, wherever they put those things, <laughs> you know. 
And so we, we've been regenerated. Titus chapter, I love this, Titus chapter 3, verse 5. He saved us. He saved us. Not because of works done by, by us in righteousness, not anything we've done, but according to his mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. That's what's happened to us. Romans chapter 8, verses 14 to 17. For all those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, Daddy. Think about that, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may be also glorified with him. This idea, I love this concept. Think about this, of Abba, Father. It's a, it's a, they, they didn't translate it. It's, it's Abba. It's Hebrew for Daddy. There's no, they didn't, it's, it's just Abba. So when you have a, a Hebrew boy who's lost in a Hebrew grocery store and he wants to get to his daddy, Abba, 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 Abba. That's the idea, Abba. Abba, Father. We cry. Notice exclamation point. Abba, Father. We're yelling for him. Our spirits are crying out to him. That's what happens in a spiritual mind. And like I said, this is where the battle takes place. If uh, you can put the uh, chart back up there, Scott. The, uh, the, the, the battle is for the mind. So, so you've got the world, the flesh, and the devil, and the spirit. They're battling for this mind. They're battling for our brain. Who's going to have the influence? We're in this cosmic battle between good and evil. Uh, the object of this battle is, is our mind, and whoever controls our minds controls our body, controls our actions. And each day our minds are bombarded with things of the world, the flesh, and the devil, and they're bombarded with the things of Christ. More so, with the th- if, you're just, if, you're just a, if you're on in neutral, your mind is just being bombarded with things of the world, the flesh, and the devil. And it takes some strategic cultivation of the Spirit for your mind to be bombarded with things of the Spirit. Let's look at Galatians chapter 5. Galatians 5, 17 to 24. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. And these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you would do. But if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Notice that. Mark that in your Bible if you've got it. Make note of that. The works of the flesh are evident. They manifest. It's not ambiguous. And what are they? Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, uh, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warn you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, notice that, the fruit of the Spirit, mark this, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. We'll talk about that more later. So there's this, there's this it's not ambiguous, the things of the Spirit, and it's not ambiguous of the things of, of Christ, of the things of the Spirit, or the things of the flesh. So you have a list, this running list, Colossians chapter 3. 
in verses 5 through 17 tell us the same thing. These are parallel passages. Colossians 3, verses 5 to 17. I'm not sure if we have it, but if we do, great. Listen to this. But the put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Notice that. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passions, uh, evil desires, covetousness, which is idolatry. On the account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. And, and these who, and these two you once walked when you were living in them. Uh, let's see. Let me go on down a little bit. Let's just, uh, so, he, he, let's see. Uh, put on then as uh, God's chosen ones. I'm not even sure what verse this is. It's holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing one another. And if one, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving one another as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. But put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. So there's this list. We can, we can see this, and we won't go finish the rest of it, but in Galatians and Colossians, there are these lists that it's clear. Well, if I'm living in this thing, well, I, wow, I must be in the flesh. If, if I'm living this way, if, if I've got love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience, goodness, gentleness, and, and, and I'm having all these, wow, the, the Spirit is at work. And so you can gauge. You can, there's, there's a metric there that you can say, well, okay, wow, I, I need to work on this. So I'm having a fit of rage here. I'm having a fit of anger. Wow. Uh, man, I need, to, I need to repent and I need to work on that. And the Spirit's working in your mind and trying to help you through that and work through those things. And so there's no ambiguity when it comes to the Spirit of God. The flesh manifests itself and the Spirit manifests itself. So the next thing quickly I want to run to is the carnal mind. The carnal mind is the third slide I think you have. It should look like that. The carnal mind is a mind... It's when we, it's the problem we face when we start cultivating a life in the spirit and go back to our natural mind that's influenced and controlled by the world, the flesh, and the devil. This grieves the spirit of God and manifests emotions of guilt, frustration, unnatural stress, relational friction, negative self-talk, Depression, anxiety, etc., etc., etc. Fill in the blank. Because what happened? Now that we are renewed by the Spirit of God, we're supposed to live by that Spirit. We're supposed to walk by that Spirit. We're to, we're, we're, we're to crucify or to put to death the world of flesh and the devil. We're not to be influenced by that life anymore. But what we've done is the reverse in the carnal mind is we've put a block up. We've put a spiritual fence up from the Spirit and say, Spirit, no, I don't want. The Spirit says, Eric, do this. And I'm like, you know, I got it. I got it, Spirit. I've I'm, I'm got it, Lord. I'm, I'm good. Thanks. I'll handle it from here. And he's like, okay. And you just revert back. You revert back to the things of the flesh. You revert back to the things that your natural man is, is you're naturally known for. You've been doing it for X number of years. I didn't get saved until I was 20 years old. And so I still have those 20 years of constant junk I was doing and things I was doing and the ways I thought and the things I, and I just kind of roll back to the way I was. And the Spirit's like, Eric, that's not good. That's not good. Conviction, conviction, conviction. Repent. Change your ways. Change your ways, Eric. And I say, no, 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 no. And I just put a fence up. I just, I, just, I just fence it off. 
And I say, I don't want any influence. It's a life that is miserable. It is a life that is frustrating because that's not how you're supposed to live anymore. It's not how you're supposed to, 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 to work and, and to, to live. Romans chapter 8, verses 5 through 8. Listen to this. This is potent. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds, there it is, on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is what? Death. But to set the mind on the things of the Spirit is what? Life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. Hostile to God. You're an enemy of God and does not submit to the law of God. Indeed, cannot. For those that are in the flesh cannot please God. Think about the implication of that verse. Verses. Whatever you set your mind on is what you're going to do. You set your mind on the things of the flesh, that's how you live. You set your mind on the things of the spirit, and that's how you live. Whatever you set your mind on, whatever you, I got to think this way today. I need to think this. If you set your minds on the things of the flesh, you mind the things of the flesh, it's death. You, it's, 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 if you put your mind on the things of the spirit, it's life and peace. And who doesn't want life and peace? In the, in the day and time when we've got so much turmoil and junk and crap to have to deal with on a daily basis, let's just get honest. Who doesn't just want a time where you just go, wow, I need peace. I need a, I need a peaceful soul, right? I've heard that a lot lately. There's a lot, a lot of talk going on about people, people saying, man, I just wish I had a peaceful soul. You may look like you got it peaceful out on the external, but you're just eating up on the inside. It's because you're living in a, in a way you're not supposed to live according to the spirit that now, is now within us. You remember the, uh, in Romans 7, we won't look at it, um, just mark it down, Romans 7, uh, verses 15 to 25. Paul's like, man, I, I want to live this way, but I can't. I'm in this constant fight, this constant struggle, back and forth and back and forth. He's like, who's going to deliver me from this death? Who's going to deliver me from this going back and forth? And I want to live for God, and my flesh takes over, and man, I, you know, all these kinds of things. And he says, thank God one day Jesus Christ will deliver us from this world and our flesh and this devil that we face. But right now, through the Spirit of God, we need to focus on the things of God. We need to focus on the Spirit of God. We need to put our minds on the things of God and that takes us to the renewed mind that should be number four I believe number four on your chart should be on the back so how do we combat this carnal mind how do we combat this 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 uh, issue man you're, you've you've fallen back into some sin or you're dealing with issues and man you're depressed or you feel guilty and it's just like this negative self-talk that you're just blah, blah, you know, man, I'm terrible, I'm no good, all this kind of stuff. And, and that feeds, uh, your flesh is feeding that, and the world begins to feed that, and the devil takes over, and you just, oh, you're no good, you're, you're terrible, blah, blah, and all these kinds of things. And you'll never, that, listen, I'm a, here's a side note. I feel, feel led to, to talk about the devil. Let's, let's think about this. The devil is, is, a, is, a, is a sneaky person, a sneaky creature. 
he, it's interesting, and, and I just didn't, I learned this uh, just a, a few months ago. The devil, uh, he will tempt us, right? He's a tempter. He's tempting us. Hey, why don't you do this, David? Hey, why don't you just, why don't you just it's okay, everybody's done, man. Don't worry about it. So he's tempting us. He's appealing to our flesh, what we want to do in the flesh. He's already, he's tempting us in these, in different areas. You all have temptations. We don't, we, I don't want to know them. We don't have to shout them out, but you know what you're tempted with. And some are worse than others. Some are very grotesque. Some are terrible. Some are like, really? <laughs> you know, but you're tempted. You're tempted. It's from things of the devil that are not from the spirit. And so what happens is you, the devil tempts you, tempts you. And if you don't fight that temptation, if you don't find the way to escape, if you don't fight it, you, you give into it. And guess what happens with the devil? He quits being the tempter, and guess what he becomes? The accuser. Now you think about that for a minute. This guy's saying, hey, David, why don't you give into this? Why don't you do this? Why don't you, why don't you, it's okay, man. Everybody's doing it. It's all right, man. Shane, he's doing it. It's okay. You can do it too. It's no big deal. You know. It's all right. If Shane's doing it, it's got to be okay for everybody. Come on, David. It's all right. And then you give into it. Stop being a bad influence, Shane. Right? No. Listen, David gives into it. And then the devil says, I can't believe you did that, David. You're supposed to be walking with Jesus. You're supposed to be walking with God. You're a terrible Christian, David. God doesn't love you. See, you, you, you jacked God up. You messed him up. You've, you've, you've thrown this whole thing. What happens when people at church find out, David? That's deadly. That's deadly because that happens to all of us. All of a sudden, you're, you, it's like having a friend. Come on, try it. Do it. Come on, it's okay. We're all going to go do it. And they're like, man, I can't believe you did that. I can't even hang out with you anymore. <laughs> What's wrong? It's like, wait a minute. You told me to do it. I know. For, just for the reason. Because he is the accuser. The Bible says the devil is the accuser of the brethren. He's our accuser. Zechariah chapter 3, check it out sometime, where Joshua goes before the Lord and Satan is there with him. And Joshua, the high priest, is in ratted out garments. And the devil's like accusing him. He's an accuser. That's in Zechariah 3. We won't look at it, just side note. So the renewed mind, we have to renew our mind. We want to renew the mind of the spirit. What does this mean? That means we need to cultivate a life that's in a spirit. We need to actively pursue things of the spirit of God. It's a life of prayer. And, and this is not an exhaustive list, and I don't mean it to be an exhaustive list. This is just things that, this is for me. It's a life of prayer, a life of studying the Holy Scriptures. It's a life of meditation on the Scriptures, on God, on the things of God, on the gospel. It's Christ-centered community. It's fasting. It's spiritual reading from people that have lived uh, this kind of life before us. It's journaling these things. It's being able to, uh, to go back and use a, a journal as a source of meditation, a source of prayer. It's almsgiving or, or just normal giving. It's giving to the poor, helping the, 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 the bandaged, the, the, the broken, and the hurting. It's having compassion. It's simplicity. It's worship. It's etc. There's ways to cultivate the, a life in the Spirit. There's ways to cultivate things of the, the Spirit of God. There's things that the Scripture teaches us that we need to do, that it's just a normal part of our everyday Christian life that renews the things of the Spirit. 
Let's look at Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 2. Romans 12, 1 to 2, the text, proof text, the, the greatest verse on this. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your uh, spiritual worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? The renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So God wants us to be a living sacrifice, to constantly put ourselves on the altar and, and just and say, Lord, I'm yours. I'm, I'm your sacrifice. Do with me what you want. I'm, 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 I'm a living sacrifice. I have, there's a hundred other things my flesh wants to do, but Lord, I want to do what you want me to do. And don't be conformed to this world. Don't, don't conform yourself to this world to live this uh, syncretistic kind of life where you're, syncret, uh, being, uh, you're synced in with the world and there's no difference between you and the, uh, an unregenerate or a natural person. But be transformed by your mind so that you can discern what's holy, what's good, what's acceptable, what God wants for us. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 to 24, Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you walk no longer as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their what? Their minds that are darkened in the understanding, alienated from the life of God because of ignorance that is in them, due to the hardness of heart. For they have, they have been callous and have given themselves to sensuality, greed, greedy. Greedy to to practice every kind of impurity. But this is not the way you learn Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Christ, to put off the old self, which belongs to the former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And to put on the new self, put off the old self, put on the new self. It's a change of clothing spiritually. Created after the likeness of God in the true image of holiness. So we need to put on a mind. We need to focus on a mind that is a mind that's on Jesus, a mind that's on him, a mind that loves him, that wants to walk with him, a mind that is regenerated, a mind that loves the things that God loves and hates the things that God hates. I want to give you this uh, this incredible verse, this was a, just a powerful verse for you to take home and chew on and meditate and talk about, uh, talk about over lunch. Matthew 16, 23. This, this verse, is, this is one of those matrix neo moments, right? Where it just, whoa, man. It's like, man, this is intense. I didn't ever knew this. Matthew 16, 23. But he turned to Peter. He, but he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. For you are a hindrance to me, for you, have, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Now you think of the implications of that verse. That's intense. Jesus rebukes Peter, the lead apostle, the lead guy, the major player of the twelve, and, and he rebukes him and says, no. Get behind, he calls him Satan. Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to me because you don't set your mind on the things of God. What's the implications? The implication is if I don't set my things, my mind on the things of God, then Jesus looks at me and says, Eric, you're acting like the devil. It's satanic. 
We think about crazy stuff when we think about satanic. That word just conjures up all kinds of Halloween stuff, you know? If you don't have a right mind and you're not setting your mind on the things of God, if Eric is not setting his mind on the things of God, in some regards he looks at us and he says, get behind me, Satan. Think about what God wants you to think about. Live the way God wants you to live. So what's the, what's the solution? How do we deal with this? How do we, how do we continue? How does this renewed mind work? Well, the last chart there that you have is the gospel mind. It's a gospel mind. And, uh, yeah, gospel mind. So what does that mean? What does it mean to have a gospel mind? The solution is the gospel. Everything that we talk about in Sojourn is about the gospel. If David and Johnny and myself, if we ever quit talking about the gospel, fire us. Get us out of here. It's about the gospel. It's all about the gospel. Every sermon you're going to hear at Sojourn is going to end this way. The gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The gospel is the answer. How do we keep a renewed mind? We keep a renewed mind by keeping our minds fixed on the gospel. Keeping our minds fixed on Jesus Christ. He came, he died, he rose again. The gospel has implications for every aspect of our lives. Think about this. Write this down, think about it, and use this as a a way to study uh, and to think. The gospel has implications to every aspect of your life. I told somebody, our staff, about two years ago, that the gospel has implications on the house I buy. And they went, what? You're crazy. And I was like, it does, and here's how. And so we start doing these role-playing games about how does the gospel affect this and 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 this. And it affects everything. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ affects everything. The solution is the gospel because when I take my eyes off of Jesus and his cross and the resurrection, I lose sight of the price that was paid to secure my redemption. I unplug, in essence, from the power source and and allow, and, and, and I don't, uh, that uh, I unplug from the power source that allows me to live a life of the Spirit. The gospel is the, that power. The gospel is the power. And so every morning, how does, this, how does this functionally play out in my life? So every morning you get up, you wake up, and man, some of you, some of you got to rush to work. You wake up late, you got to get to work, and, and all these kinds of things. And man, you, you're not thinking about it. You wake up, and it's, well, I got to check my email. Let me check CNN. Let me check Huffington Post. Let me check this. Let me go there. Let me look at these things. What's going on? Man, I got 15 emails. Man, I, I don't want to respond to this person. I can't stand them. Oh, my goodness, what's going on? The phone, man, I got a message on the phone. When did it ring? I don't know. Kids get something to eat. The dog needs out. Got just, and it's just chaos. And all, that's how you start, you start your day, in this. It is, I know, because that's the way I start my day. It's the way we all start it. If we're not, if we, but if we change the way we think, we wake up in the morning and we say, the first thing we think, all right, Lord, thank you for another day. You are king. Jesus, you came you lived a life that I could not live. You died a death that I am not, was not willing to die. And you rose again from the dead. I couldn't do that. You did that for me. 
It's not anything that I've done, Lord. It's everything that you've done. You've placed so much mercy on me, according to Titus chapter 3, verse 5, right? It's mercy that he regenerated. It's mercy that he saved us. It's through his grace. And so every morning we say, Lord, it is my propensity today to live in the flesh and do whatever the heck I want to do. But, Lord, I want to do what you want me to do. And it's just constantly, constantly thinking about that and just saying, all right, Lord, I want to please you today. How can I please you today? How's the gospel going to inform me today? How's the gospel going to, how's the resurrection going to inform me when i got to go talk to my boss today? How's it, the, how's it going to uh, inform me about the things that I need to do? When, during the presentation, how's it, gonna, how's it gonna inform me when I go to the bank? How's it gonna inform me when, when I get home, you know? Instead of kicking the dog and yelling at the wife and smacking the kids around, what am I gonna, I need to, I don't do that. I don't even have a dog. So, <laughs> the issue is, man, I need to be gospel. It's gospel constantly. Because that's the power. That is the power. Looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, Right? Looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. First uh, John 4, 4, little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Second Corinthians chapter 10, though we walk in the flesh, we do not wage war against the flesh. The weapons of our warfare are, are not of the flesh, but of divine power, destroying strongholds. And all these things. Lastly, I need to stop. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. I want to leave you with this verse. Because of the gospel, we can think this way. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there, are any, if there, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Think about these things. And thinking about the gospel, realizing that Jesus did it all and I did nothing. And it's just by divine mercy and grace it can help me extend that to others and help me live a life that's not so crazy and fleshly. And I'm reminded that Jesus loved me. He died for me. That there may not be another person on the planet that loves me enough to die for me, and he did. He did. Think about that in the morning. Think about that every morning, that somebody died for you to give you their life. Powerful, powerful stuff. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your gospel. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives, Father. Help us to have a renewed mind. Help us to focus on the gospel. Help us to focus, Father, on you, to live. I, I don't, uh, Father, I'm not an expert, and I, <laughs> I, I don't live this way uh, as much as I should. I, I, uh, but I need you, Father. I need, I need that change. We all need that change. Holy Spirit, please help us to, to just remind us, Holy Spirit, every day, every mo- moment, every morning, every time we get home, every time we go to the grocery store, to the bank, or to work, or whatever we do, Father, that the gospel is powerful to affect change in our lives wherever we may be, and that we need to set our minds on the things of God and not on things of this world because we want to please God. Father, we want to please you. So, Father, convict us, change us, help us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, We're entering into a time of communion.